0: hello everybody welcome once again Uh, as we continue on in the study that we're doing through the new testament um, we're working through it we've been working through it a chapter at a time although right now we're kind of slowed down and we're digging through the second half of second corinthians 5 a couple of verses at a time talking about um, the mission that we feel god has given us here at the church which we call one more one more lost child back to dead one more uh, is what we're all about and We feel like we we get the foundation for that out of these verses uh, that Paul penned to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21. And so we're taking some time to talk through it and sort of reemphasize our mission. I think it's good to get back to those basic things um, fairly often, and they come up a lot, a lot of the same concepts we'll talk about tonight that you hear often here, um, because we believe that those things are very, very helpful to the walk that we have, and that as we... Um, uh, understand and begin to walk in the mission that God has given all of us that we also begin to experience life with him and a purposeful life in all sorts of other ways and, and it it's just uh, it makes life more exciting and adventurous and and the life of a disciple is a very cool thing to live out and my hope is that it uh, it continually draws you closer to God that you realize that you just want to keep getting closer to him and and uh, hanging out with him because that's where life is found and so uh so we've been breaking through those things and, and taking them apart and kind of a couple of verses at a time let me read to you again second corinthians 5 11 through 21 and then we're going to concentrate on a couple of those verses t- uh together today so second corinthians 5 11 through 21 since then we know what it is to fear the lord we try to persuade men what we are is plain to god and i hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So as I said, we're, we've been working through the New Testament together um, over the last three years. I, I Look, this is, this is lesson number 150 in these studies. I've been numbering them. So we're just, just shy of three years. Uh, and we've done good. We've covered the Gospels and the book of Acts and several of the letters that Paul has written. Um, and I'm still on track for finishing in the next couple of years with the New Testament. And then we're going to dig into the Old Testament. 15 years will be done with that and then we'll start all over again so plan your Wednesday nights accordingly for the next <laughs> it's helpful to me I know what I'm doing what are you doing on Wednesday whatever's next um, so we're going to talk today about verses 16 and 17 and how they relate to our mission in chapter 5 they say this so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And and in our mission, one of the things that's very important is how we see people. How we see people. How you look at people. Um, uh, when, you, when you see someone, we have a, we have a tendency, uh, all of us do, to make pretty quick judgments about people from our, the way that we look at them. And... Um, we, we're very good at labeling people, and once we label someone, we tend to treat them by that label without ever digging beneath the surface of what's going on. We, just, we, we oftentimes think, okay, they fit into this sort of box that I have, and so I'm going to treat them this way. And the problem is, when you allow that to happen, um, a, one of the big things that happens is you don't, get the, you don't treat people in a way that will um, have any sort of impact on the kingdom. And the other thing is, in your own life, you miss a lot of pretty neat people. Because uh, a lot of people um, are far deeper than, than what you experience outwardly. And you have to be able to go through that to find out what's going on. Um, but we have a lot of sort of preconceived ideas about how that looks. And um, that's, that's what Paul is referring to as a worldly point of view. 2 Corinthians 5.16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so longer. What that's saying is, before you knew Christ, um, for those of you who who remember life before Christ, uh, if you experienced that, as as I know many of us did, um, when people would talk to you about Jesus, you had a a way that you, I know I did, that you perceived him to be. That wasn't the truth. Um, It was far from the truth. I, I had some really bad ideas about who Jesus was before I knew Jesus. I don't know about you, but that was just my experience. And people that did know Jesus, I always thought were a little crazy, and uh, they acted different and funny. And, uh, you know, when they would come around, I remember, you know, I, I, sometimes I would be polite and sometimes I wouldn't, and I'd usually tease or make jokes about them or mock them or, or whatever else, which is always funny to me now when I think back, because now I am one, and every once in a while you'll hear me say that, there, here we go, <laughs> I'm one of them now. And have been for a long time, but I still remember clearly what that looks like. Say, so I had a worldly point of view, uh, and and it impacted the way that I um, thought about Jesus. And and what's so cool is is that uh, God, in His mercy, gives us so many opportunities to break through that as the Spirit draws us, that we can see Him for who He really is, and then it all just begins to make. Tremendous sense as we get a, a picture of of what he's done and how much he loves us and the lengths he's gone to, but uh, but a lot of people you know are still stuck in that point of view. All right, so knowing that, the only reason I bring that up is is that we bring that worldly point of view with us into our walk with God, and we still have a tendency to look at people in a certain way. And then in the church, we also have a bad habit of starting to label people by their sin. And then when we do that, we don't treat them the way that they need to be treated. And, and so this is one of the concepts in our mission that we talk about, and it comes up all the time on the weekends, uh, is we talk about seeing the beauty of potential, the beauty of people's potential. And that this is uh, something that we have to work on. You, you have to really check yourself. If you, um, if you, when you see someone, make immediate sort of judgments, you need to begin to check yourself. And I'm not saying you, uh, that, you know, there's something in you that's God-given sometimes that makes you aware of, of, of people that perhaps aren't safe, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about judgments that we make of people where we just sort of write them off before we ever give them a chance to, um, you know, to find out what kind of people they are. And the, uh, the thing I always go back to on this is that um, before I knew Jesus, um, when, when God looked at me, he saw the beauty of my potential. Um, and, and I'm so thankful for that because it, it, it was pretty well hidden um, to me and everybody else around me that there was something there redeemable. And yet God sees that. And see, God sees that in you. He saw that in you before you came in and he saw the beauty of your potential and so he wants us to learn to look at people like that um, and and if we can't see people the way that God does and have a measure of care and concern that God has for them we'll never be able to embrace this mission of one more we just won't because the only people will even think about reaching out to other people who we get you know uh, an initial sort of good feel off and and you know that's that's limited um, so we, we have to be willing to ask God to help us see people the way he does and not so quickly judge and, and write people off before we even give them a chance. Um, and then another big concept that Paul brings up in these verses is the idea of being a new creation in Christ. A new creation in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And This is something we've talked about at length and something I like to keep bringing back up too because it fascinates me Um, because it's how God sees us now in Christ God sees us in Christ and what that means is we have this amazing thing that happens is that because he sees us in Christ he sees us as those new creations Um, and, and I want you to take that in when God sees us he sees us in Christ so he's he's not dealing with us on the basis of the mess that's still ongoing in our lives um, because if we're honest with ourselves, even though you're a new creation in Christ, most of you hopefully realize that there's some stuff in you that doesn't seem all that new yet. Uh, that still it needs to be worked on. There's some areas in your life that are still kind of um, pretty messed up. That's just the reality of it. That's honest. And, and yet when God sees us, he doesn't relate to us that way. He relates to us in Christ. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, we, we catch all the benefits of that. In our relationship with God. That's why we can go into the most holy place. Even though we know, we really know that, that uh, we, we probably shouldn't be there because we're a mess. But we can be there because he sees us in Christ. It's a cool, really cool deal. Like I say, this thing, best deal in the universe. There's nothing like this anywhere. Because, uh, you know, what sets Christianity apart from everything else is virtually everything else is about what you have to do in order to try and make that connection but but in christianity it's what's been done for you and that was at the cross see and it's a it's a completely different deal then 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 we're not performing anything to to make that relationship happen it's there and available to us the things that we're doing in our life now are are things that we're doing in response to that amazing love not trying to earn anything because it's been given to us which is a significant difference so the, um, the reality of our lives has to be that we are all works in progress still. Um, we're, we're, um, we have not arrived yet. If you think you've arrived, that's a problem because you haven't, all right? I, and you just haven't. Um, it's, a, it's an ongoing process. None of us have. We all have stuff in our lives that um, is in work. And if we, if we start to think like we've arrived, then we also won't reach out to others either because we'll just put everybody off as just a big mess that's not worthy of our time. Uh, In Matthew, Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 3 through 5. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Um, I like that picture of life because it's very easy for us to assume that we can see everybody else's specks but really, you're blinded by the plank in your own eye. And the reality is, you've got enough work to do working on your plank. So At some level, you ought to be trying to get your plank down to a speck. <laughs> and that's going to take a while. You ever work at a plank and try and get it down to a speck? You've got your hands full. And Jesus is saying, you've got so much work to do that, you know, the busy judging other people's stuff is not helpful. Uh, you, you know, and so we need to understand that that's the process we're on this journey with God whereby His Spirit, He's working in us and on us to change us, but it's a process. It's a process, not a one time event. The one time event was when you gave your life to Jesus and now God sees you in Christ. That's cool. But the rest of this stuff that's going on by His Spirit, that's a process and that's called sanctification. That's the churchy word for it. Um, so if you ever hear that word sanctified come up, that's the churchy word for the process. Because I, I, a lot of times I think some of these words, we don't really know what they mean, and, and other people don't know what they mean, and, and so they sort of get lost. But you, you, there's the word for you. So we're in the process of sanctification. It's the work of the Spirit in our lives as we yield to Him, and it's an ongoing process until we come to Jesus uh, when He comes to get us, you know, the next time, or when we meet Him, however that works. Whatever happens next... Uh, then it's done with him. But in the meantime, it's a process that's ongoing in the spirit. And we give language to that process here rather than using the word sanctification. You're going to know this as soon as I say it. The, the language we give to that is living by trying to do the next right thing. That's the process. And I think when you have it, that language, you begin to understand, okay, I get that. Because all of us, when you, when you break that down, realize, I hope you realize, and you honest with yourself, that you're not always doing the next right thing. Because you're in process. And that when you don't do the next right thing, you go, oh, well, there's an opportunity now for me to do the next right thing next time. I'm going to give that a whirl. And that's the process. And hopefully over time, you you start making better choices and you work with that. Because we're faced with constant choices. Um, and, And so we're trying to do the next right thing. We said that sometimes we fail. When we do, we need to turn around and run back to God who forgives us. And then we start over again by trying to do the next right thing. And my hope is, again, that you have a picture of God as one who loves you. And if you don't have that, this process begins to fall apart. So all of this happens, and these verses are very important to know that they're grounded in grace. Uh, All of this stuff, our mission, everything that we do here, all the stuff that we're trying to accomplish is because of the grace of God. And, And it's in the fullness of his grace that we get to experience life. John 1, 14 through 17 says this, the word became flesh, And made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him, and he cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. See, it's by grace. That we're able to have this relationship with him. It's not by anything we've done, not because we're performing well, but because of his grace. So you've got to take that in. Because a lot of times we'll, what will get us in trouble is we begin to think that it's because we're doing everything so well that we get to hang out with God. And that's not why. And again, the, the problem with that thinking is you will not treat other people the way they need to be treated. You'll get self-righteous. We're going to talk about that this weekend again. Galatians 2.21 says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. If, if we could do it by working through it, then, then we, we ought to be able to do it, and we can't. And that's why Jesus had to go to the cross. All of it is a gift of God. Ephesians 2.4-9, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So because of this gift of grace, what's supposed to happen to us as we embrace our mission is that we become a people of grace. Not a critical, hypocritical people. And it's only a grace-filled, grace-full people that can begin to carry out the mission that God's given us of one more. See, if we, if we lose sight of that, we won't have an impact. We'll just drive people off because they, that's not what they're looking for. They need to know that they're loved. They, they need to know that there's a God who cares about them, that there's a God who made a way for them, that, that sees the beauty of their potential. And, and the way that that happens is he uses people like you and me to get out there and love them the best that we can and and to help them through it. And, and that only happens as we begin to take all this in that, that you know, we're, we're all sort of a broken mess. And the only difference between us and other people is that we know Jesus. That's it. And that was all grace. It was all grace. Every bit of it. Every bit of the redeemable part of you is grace because of what he's done in us. And it's hanging on to that that then allows us to, um, you know, represent the kingdom well, to represent who God is well, to, to, to begin to show people again the love that he had. Think about the life of Jesus. And, and that was Jesus' passion. That's what Jesus did. That was the naturally supernatural way that he lived among us. He was always seeing people in their brokenness, and he was stopping from whatever else was going on, and he would, he would just go and talk to them a lot of times. Sometimes he'd just go and listen, and then he'd pray. And and then he would introduce them to the kingdom in whatever way needed to happen at that point in their lives. And it impacted people. Really messy, broken people were impacted because Jesus stopped and took time with them. People that nobody else would deal with. People that the religious community had written off and that the culture had written off. You know, the tax collectors and and the the sinners and the tax collectors that no one wanted anything to do with. Jesus hung out with. And they changed because of the love that he showed. them. That's why they changed. And they became part of the kingdom. You think about the disciples, that there's tax collector in the group. There's, I mean, there's some pretty rough guys in, the, in this group that are the, like the, some of the main dudes. And, and you, yeah, how cool is that? That Jesus said, no, no, I don't care what the culture says. I'm going to show you the love of God. And if you respond, you're in. And I'm happy to have you. And I don't care what everything else says or does. It's all about you responding to the love of God so that you can know him forever so we're to be grace filled graceful people so that uh as we reach out to the world um they might come to know the one and be one more and that's how that ties into our mission all right we'll pick up some more next week we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and finish up there for today and uh Uh, Thank you if you're watching by video, we appreciate it. Or if you're on television watching us, thank you for spending some time with us today. We understand how valuable your time is and we appreciate you giving us some of it uh, as we hang out together. If there's anything we can do for you, please go to our website and give us an email or call us with a number or whatever and we'll see what we can do. We'll be praying for you. So thank you for watching today. You can turn off the video and you guys can pass me your prayer request.